But you have to bear in mind as well, I'm actually his fourth marriage. Surprise. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so for for fourth marriage, it's um I do wonder. I do wonder. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. You ever bit the inside of your mouth when you're chewing food? Yep. A lot of times I do my lip, but I bit the inside of my chubby little cheeks, (laughs) like back towards my ear, like Mm -hmm. in the very back of my mouth. Yeah. I've got like scar tissue from doing that. Hey, that's nasty. Well, I mean, it ain't like I did it on purpose, but, you know, over the years, you do it enough times and it, you know, mm. it's uh, not good. I think the worst time I ever did it was whenever I got back from my dental appointment. I couldn't feel my <laughs> mouth and like next day I'm like, why does my jaw hurt so bad? And I realized I chewed it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I know. This is like, man, why is this steak so tough? <laughs> oh, my God. That was so unnecessary. I can't even talk. It hurts so bad. I can't swallow it. David, stop. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. He's out of control. It must be the thunderstorm. We are having a thunderstorm, so. So if we don't make it. <laughs> yeah. If this is cut short, you'll know why. Yeah. All right, David. We have a couple of announcements. (laughs) David, you're supposed to ask what they are. (laughs) I can't laugh at you. You're holding your head sideways so you don't bite your jaw. It hurts to talk. (laughs) Okay, what are the announcements? The first one is that Claudette's Step Family Summit that was supposed to happen this month Mm -hmm. has been postponed until September. Okay. And the Laura Petherbridge thing that she was going to have in September in Dallas has been moved to sometime in October. And she's going to be at some other, what do you call them? Conferences or whatever. She's joining. She's joining with this other group. She's joining forces. No. She's doing a collaboration. She's hopping on to somebody else's thing. (laughs) And it's called Ignite or something like that. So you can check that out if you want. All right. So basically, a lot of stuff changing. Ain't nothing happening right now, y'all. <laughs> Except we are doing something crazy. We are doing something crazy. What now? Barbados. Oh, that's right. That's right. Tell them, David. Okay. Tell them what they may have won. <laughs> <laughs> you may have won. So for those who um, who are members of the Academy or the Nacho Club, you are automatically entered into a chance to win a stay in uh, a resort in Barbados. So if you want to know more about that, go to nachokids.com slash giveaway. And that is, I'm not spelling the whole thing, but the last part is G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. You just spelled the whole thing. No, I didn't say W-W-W. Thank you for not doing that. S dot com slash give of oh G I V E A W A Y. I think you misspelled it. I feel anyway, like I was in a spelling bee. Notchokids.com slash giveaway to learn more about that. 
no purchase necessary as long as you are in one of those uh, academy or the club. By the end of May. End of May. Yep. All right. Check out the details. We ain't got time to tell you. That's right. Just go to the website. That's why we spent time building sites. (laughs) (laughs) You'll know where all the information is. All right, David. Yes. We're going to talk about our guest today. All right. Can you put Band-Aids on the inside of your mouth? Oh, my gosh. It hurts so bad. Who's the guest today? It's Lisa. Hey, Lisa. I'm sorry that Lori's whining and complaining on your show. Lisa is in the UK. Uh Uh-oh. See, y'all, I just nachoed David. Did you see what I did? (laughs) That is nachoing. He made a smart aleck comment. (laughs) I did not respond. I did not engage. And here we go. Let's just keep rolling. But you're still talking about it, which means you... All right. She's been blending for three years and five months at the time of this recording. She has a stepdaughter that is five, a bio son that's 30, a bio son that's 28, a bio daughter that's 24, a bio daughter that's 21, and her fifth child passed away. So all of her kids are grown, potentially out of the house in this... Five-year-old? Yes. But, the, the, but that's a sick kid. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do I need to go through them again? No, I'm just <laughs> thinking, you know, it was a hard decision for me to feel like I was starting over when, when I met you because Jackson was like three. And my kids were like nine. Nine. And I was already, I already felt like I was starting over like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back to that age. But, but you love me so much. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. But I just I'm, all right. Know. Don't nobody care. <laughs> <laughs> all right, carry on then. Listen to this. Bio mom somehow got a hold of her Facebook posts, screenshots of them, Mm-mm. and now like the child support, not child support, the <laughs> the child support authority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um child protective services we call it dss around here we do okay. department of social services okay department of social services whatever it's called so they've got all these copies they're they're reading all the stuff too bad they wasn't in the nacho club couldn't do that we can't advertise in the middle of this story <laughs> about the nacho club we should call dss and say <laughs> anyway this is serious david okay dss or whatever they're called there is saying that she's mentally unstable. Uh-uh. She's under investigation. Mm. I'm sure that's not the first time this has happened. And of course, she probably didn't say some good stuff about by a mom, but... Well, yeah, because you're thinking you're, what you're saying is not going to make it into authority's hands. Yeah. I mean, people say stuff all the time that you don't plan on it getting to a particular person. If you did... You wouldn't say it or you would phrase it differently. When you feel like you're in a protected area, I shouldn't call Facebook anything of the nature, but you don't think somebody's actually taking your screenshots of your stuff and sending it to the authorities. Right. So she's got a lot going on. Her brother and her dad have cancer. Goodness. Her husband. Oh, I can't tell you. I can't give it away. You got to listen. Sounds like a lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm ready to listen to this one. Yeah, we got to hurry up in case this storm comes <laughs> or gets us. All right. We'll just hurry up and hush so we can get, get moving. Now I'm going to keep talking. All right. I got to tell you. You did the math. I know. No, I got to tell you a secret. Is it like a secret that everybody's listening to? Yeah. 
Biomom's a prostitute. Uh-uh. Okay, so Biomom's a prostitute, but the Department of Social Services people don't see that as being a problem? Exactly. So that's all I'm saying. Don't ask me questions. All right. So here we go, fellas. Meaning everybody listening. You said fellas because (laughs) we're talking about a prostitute. Here we go, fellas. Listen. No, you can't call them fellas. Here we go, people. Folks. Well, see, some people are not with folks. Anyway, it is worse that you be an angry stepmom than a prostitute. (laughs) Yeah. And he might lose his kid because of it. They might give the prostitute 50%. Uh, custody back. Wow. Yeah. But I will say that we probably need to add a disclaimer. Yeah. There's a lot of trigger things in here. (laughs) The bio mom, as we said, is a street worker. Are you sure? Because like... I'm just saying what I was told. Okay. All right. Before we get to listening, here's a word about the Academy. And don't forget to check out notchokids.com slash giveaway for more information about stuff we're giving away. And it's not like the High conflict by mom is giving stuff away in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting paid. Supposedly. Prostitutes get paid, David. Gosh. Are we done? No, you can't end it like that. <laughs> okay, let's jump into today's episode. First, a word about the Nacho Kids Academy, but also make sure you go to nachokids.com slash giveaway to learn more about the Barbados trip. Bang. Get the Barbados thing. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Lisa. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. So, you're not from the States, I can tell. Nope, nope, definitely not from the UK. And you've lived there your whole life? Yes, I was, I was born, born in um, the UK, and I've still stayed in, or in a certain area in the UK, and I'm still here now. Okay. Yes. So you're a stepmom. Yes. And how long have you been blending? Um, I was blending in my first marriage. I was married for 27 years previous. I had two stepdaughters from my previous marriage. One I'm still very close to now because she's actually only eight years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So we're very close. And then in this relationship, about three and a half years, just, yeah. Just under three and a half years, I've been blending with my new marriage, but it's a bit different this time around because she's a lot younger than my cho- my own bio children. Mm-hmm. So, and I have four grandchildren, and she is younger than my grandchildren. So it's very hard second time round, very difficult. How old are your children? So my eldest, I've got two two boys, two girls. They're 30, 28, 24, and 21. Okay. That's my that's my my four children, two of each. I had a fifth son, he passed away. I'm so sorry. And then I've got four grandchildren, and the eldest one's 10, and the youngest one is two. Goodness. Yes. Yeah. Four of them. Hard work. And how old are your stepkids? 
So I've got from, from the previous marriage, two stepdaughters, one's 40 years old and one's 28 years old. And then I've got my stepdaughter from this marriage and she'll be six in July. Okay. So yeah, pretty young. <laughs> you still claim these stepkids from your first marriage as your stepkids? Yes, I do. Yes. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because it was different the first time because obviously with my ex-husband, he could co-parent with the mum and there was never, I don't think I experienced back then what I experienced now. Mm-hmm. If you get what I mean, and I was only I was only seventeen when I met my first husband, and he was a lot older. So he, I was seventeen, he was thirty six, and we went on to have the four children or five children. So we went on to have you know our children as well. But he he could if there was ever an issue, it was never I never dealt with it. It was always you know my ex husband dealt with it. Um, whereas this time round, it's I'd say, as a, as a, I say, it's a different kettle of fish mm-hmm. <laughs> doing it this time around. It's it's much, much harder. Well, and you were a part of their lives for so long. Yes, 30 years. Yes. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like you were there five years and left because, you know, most of the time we see when people split up, usually that relationship with the stepkids ends also. Yes. Yeah. But, but your stepkids are adults. They can still choose to have a relationship with you. And again, you were part of their life for three decades. Yes, yeah, and the and the the forty year old we talk quite often. You know, she's got two children, and they call me nanny. Oh, so obviously I've got two step grandchildren. You know, so we we keep in contact. We don't live close by, but we call each other once a week. So we speak once a week, um, and I speak to the grandchildren. You know, my two step grandchildren. You know, we message each other over you know Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, she was you know. She was a girl, typical teenager. There were difficulties, but they were overcome quite quickly, you know. And even like you know, at 40, 40 years old, down how old she is, she's only like say eight years younger than me. Mm-hmm. That you know, we do. You know, she's always like you know. I always, she says I say to people, I'm a stepmom. You know, if, even though my ex husband is now in another relationship, you know, she said she always calls me mum. So you know, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's very nice. It is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How do you and your ex get along? We don't talk. Okay. We don't speak. It was it was quite a volatile marriage. I was quite young. He was quite controlling. And so when we separated, that was it. You know, I left and there was no communication whatsoever between both of us. The divorce was very bitter because obviously there was money involved houses involved mm-hmm. so it's very bitter and in some aspects it kind of like affected me big time and I had a nervous breakdown okay quite a bad nervous breakdown and I was diagnosed with what what you you probably know as BPD which is borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. um, so I was diagnosed with that after the breakdown so obviously I have my struggles but it's quite, it's nice because my children are older that I don't have to communicate with him at all. Yes. So I can just go straight to my children. You know, if, if they need me, they know where I am, you know. And we've never, my youngest one, she's got severe epilepsy. So he has contacted me in the past and said, you know, my daughter's had a seizure. She's gone into hospital and I'm straight there with my youngest daughter, but we don't communicate, which is quite nice. 
because I'd rather not have to, you know, deal with him. I'm sure it's better for your mental health to not have to deal with him. Yes, yeah. Because obviously with with, with the mental health I have, um, borderline, it obviously triggers things that have happened anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was in therapy for quite a long time to overcome, you know, the troubles that I faced in that marriage. But I think it's because I was so young. I was quite naive as well. I was only only just 20 years old when I married him. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how a, how a marriage should be. I just presumed that obviously being married, you had to stay at home, raise the children, put a meal on the table every night, you know, clean. But I felt I was I felt like a single parent. You know, I was dealing with the children alone mm-hmm. on my own. And like I say, my youngest one, she's got epilepsy. And then my 28-year-old son, he's got autism and ADHD. So I was dealing with a lot of that as well as our, our third son. He passed away. He died. So obviously I was dealing with that as well, the grief. And I felt like I was I was doing it alone. And it was just, you know, I continuously, I put up with it. And you stay in a marriage for the children, even though they tell you not to. I stayed there for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, when my youngest was 16, I woke up one day and went, I can't do this anymore. And I walked, I walked out of the marriage. Mainly I walked, I did go. I packed what I could in my car and I just left and I didn't go back. And it was difficult, but I had to do it for my own sanity. Right. Because I'd got myself so ill with my mental health mm-hmm. that I knew that I just had to, I had to go. It was my only way out really was was to leave. And you didn't take any of your kids with you? No. I'm sure that was hard too. Yeah, that was very difficult. It was because I was I didn't have a plan to go. I didn't. I just had to leave and it was just in my head that I had to go that day and I went and I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know who to turn to. I basically I lived in my car for about a week. Oh gosh. I had no contact with anybody because I was in the process of a breakdown. Mm-hmm. And eventually I went to my father and I went and went and stayed with him. And the kid, I think the children, my four children could see what was going on and they knew what he was like towards me. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying to me, mum, go, you deserve better, go. And I was like, I can't, I can't leave you. But I just, like I say, that day I woke up and that was it. I knew I had to just leave. It's pretty sad when the kids are saying, look, this isn't healthy. You need to go. Yes. Yeah. They saw it. They saw a lot of the way he was controlling. He was having lots of affairs and I put up with it. I don't know why, but I put up with it. Um, there was just one affair after another, after another. And even in the end, the children were catching him out mm-hmm. with with the affairs. Oh, gosh. And he they, he, they found it. He was lying to them as well, and that's why they were like, "No, mum, you, you know, you could, you could do so much better. Just, just go, you know." And so I did. I left. Okay, so you left. You went and stayed with your dad. Yes, went and stayed with my dad. Stayed on my own for about two years, um, and then my dad was, um, and my mum, because my mum passed away. So me and my dad set ourselves up on a dating site. <laughs> My dad, my dad did my profile and I did his profile and I'd had a couple of dates, but nothing, you know, spectacular. And I thought I was too old, you know, was didn't really, 
you know, think about the implications of getting involved with anybody with children. Mm-hmm. And then I met my husband, obviously. Did you meet him through the dating site? Yes, I did. Yes. Plenty of fish. <laughs> so we met through there. And I don't know what it was that attracted me to him. Not my normal type. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know what it was that attracted me to him. And it was gradually and gradually, I was like spending more time here. You know, weekends, I wasn't seeing him because obviously he had his child. Mm-hmm. And literally um, from there, it's kind of like got more serious. I think it was about six months, seven months maybe in that I moved in with him in his house. And here we are three and a half years later. and. We got married last September in Greece. Congratulations. So, yeah, and I proposed to him. Did you? Yes, I did. Yes. Girl, look at you. So uh, he kept saying about getting married, kept talking about it. So I knew he wanted to get married. So I thought, right, bite the bullet and I'll propose. So, yeah, it was quite, it was quite nice, you know. So, yeah, and here we are. Here I am still. Yeah. Uh, How long after you and your husband or at the time, boyfriend, started dating, did you meet the stepdaughter? It was just after I moved in. So it was about it was about six months in, six or seven months in. So I'd moved in. At, at that point, I knew that there was, which is what you, I think you call it child services over there, we call it social services here. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they were involved in with the mum, the bio mum, her and another child that she's got there that, you know, there was meetings and everything around you know the the mum's capabilities of being a parent mm-hmm. and because obviously I, my husband had to tell them that I was in you know moving in they had to do police checks and background checks on me before I was allowed around my stepdaughter okay so all that was carried out to make sure that I was safe to be around my stepdaughter was it not weird though you already living there when you met her Yes, it it was and it wasn't. It was it was it was difficult because obviously, you know, I've got I had the, my grandchildren that are the same age, so I knew how to get down to her level. She was well, I don't know how to put it, she was always for, for my husband. You know, she's a real daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. So obviously he he started off by doing, you know, everything for her. And he was doing a lot. And then there was a couple of occasions, I think, that his work, where he had to go to work on a late, what we call a late shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't finishing until sort of like half past 11 at night. And he said, I said to him, I said, oh, I'll look after her. You know, I don't mind. And he's like, you sure? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's no problem. And it was from there, really, that our relationship got better. You, you know, mm-hmm. it was always, you know, Lisa, do it, Lisa, do it, Lisa, do it. She was, what, two, two and a bit? years old yeah see that's what I was thinking if she would have been older that would have been a lot weirder yes yeah but she was basically a toddler yes yeah she was she was yeah Mm -hmm. so everything you know and then it was like everything that needed to be done it was like Lisa do it Lisa do it and I think at the beginning I was doing it because I need I don't know what it was it was I was supposed to please her to please him so I was doing it rather than saying no actually daddy do it I was doing it Mm-hmm. So the more I was doing, the more he was expecting from me. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think I, I, I'd already said before, it's about boundaries. There were no, there was no boundaries put in place. 
at the beginning, which was my biggest regret mm-hmm. because I started doing absolutely everything at that point then for her. And in the meantime, obviously, we still had social services involvement. And I think it was the Christmas two years ago, she was, um, stepdaughter was actually living with the grandparents because she was removed by social services. She was removed from your house? No, she was removed from the mother's house. Okay, just checking. Okay. Yeah, she was removed from the mum's house, from the mum's care. Mm -hmm. And she was placed with the grandparents which is the bio mum's parents. Mm-hmm. And they actually live very, very close to us, very close. And so, you know, my husband was still seeing her at this point most days until she, at the Christmas, the two years Christmas, yeah, two years ago, the grandparents went, you take her, and basically said, we can't deal with her behaviour. We've got too much going on. You're going to have to take her. We don't want her back. Oh, my gosh. But they also got the other child. Oh, so they had the other child, which my husband thought at the time was his daughter. And then because of everything that was going on with social services and court hearings, a DNA was requested and it came back. She wasn't his child. Wow. So my husband practically lost a child that he thought was his and was raising and paying child support for. And it turned out what he wasn't the dad. So... Over there, when something like that happens, did he, they make him stop paying child support or, I mean, allow him to stop paying child support? Yes. Okay. He stopped paying the child support and that was it. All contact was literally stopped overnight with this other child. She, she's 18 months younger than my stepdaughter. Okay. He still sees that child every day. He does? Yes, because the grandparents live very close to us. And they go to the same, the little, the the child goes to the same school as my stepdaughter. Does the younger daughter, does she come to your house? No. Okay. Never, never. There is a court order. What we did was we, we, he, he then decided that it was best to get a court order in place, put in place. And he went to court four months after the grandparents put stepdaughter on our doorstep. Mm-hmm. And obviously, my husband won what we we don't call it custody here. We call it sole residency. Mm-hmm. So he got sole residency of you know his daughter, mm-hmm. and then there were obviously rules put in place on the court order for the for the bio mum and the grandparents. Now, one of them was that my stepdaughter should maintain a relationship with her sister. Mm-hmm. So the grandparents had to have my stepdaughter every other weekend that didn't work like that and even though they live very very close basically they can walk past our house every day the last time they saw my stepdaughter was the 27th of December wow that was the last time they saw her yeah so basically the court order gave her basically what we would consider by a mom's every other weekend visitation yes yes but they didn't take advantage of that no the same as the bio mum she has she's supposed to have twice a week so that's basically it's every Wednesday from school for tea and then bring her home and every Saturday for the day the mum has to have her the, the contact had to be between mother and child only mm-hmm. 
in the community because the mum is a prostitute. Okay. So she sells herself. Mm -hmm. And because of the men she hangs around with, she hangs around with a lot of perpetrators, Mm -hmm. men like that. The court order stated she had to stay in the community with her daughter. So that dwindled off. So it started off six months, I think, going well. And then then she'd make excuses. It was either too hot, too cold. She had a headache. She had no sleep. I think my last text message, the last text message she sent me was, I'm really sorry, I can't be bothered to be a mum today. Oh, my gosh. So I said, no, you need to come and get your daughter because I need to be at the hospital with my daughter because she's sick. My daughter is sick. Right. She said, you, you heard me. She said, I ain't coming. She said, go and ask my mum. And that was the last contact. And that was in July last year. And that was it. Wow. Why was she texting you instead of your husband? She was texting me because silly me didn't put boundaries in place. Okay. Gotcha. And he was like, I don't want to talk to her. I hate her. I don't want to talk to her. The bitterness between them both is bad. I don't solely blame her for everything, Mm -hmm. but he should have stood his ground as well from the beginning. And he didn't. What he expected from me, he didn't expect from her. Yes. So if I got up one day and went, do you know something? I'm really not feeling well and I'm not mentally well. Can you stay off work and look after your daughter? He'd go, no, you can have her. You are looking after her. So that's how it became. It's become like now with us. The problem was we were having, eventually we were having social services making phone calls or the police making phone calls or turning up on our doorstep and this is solely because someone on groups on Facebook was screenshotting my posts and sending them to the birth mum. We experienced that and one of the things that I tell members when they join is lock down your profile. Yes. Because it's so easy to play Facebook detective. Yep. And find a picture where somebody commented or even hearted something. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. They've got the same last name. They must be related. It's crazy. So this is definitely a warning to anybody in a Facebook group to lock down your personal Facebook page, but also use the anonymous post feature that is in a lot of the Facebook groups now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you can have them blocked. You can have that bio mum blocked. Right. But that doesn't mean that her friend's not in there. Nope. She will still find you. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you do. They will. St- they can scroll back years and find, oh, that's so-and-so. We've got so-and-so friends in common. Oh, let's. it's so easy to do. Right. Very easy to do. And they social services were reading out messages that stuff that I'd posted about stepdaughter's behavior or about the, you know, like we do, we vent about the stepmum, the bio mum. Right. You know, we do all of that. And social services are reading these posts out to my husband. Oh, gosh. And then they're reading posts that I'm putting up about my mental health, how I'm feeling, how I'm feeling that my mental health is suffering because of what bio mum's done or what stepdaughter's done or what whoever's done and it makes me look like I'm really unstable. Yeah. 
especially because we do, we, we use those groups to vent. And yes. a lot of times is so we don't say it to our husband or we don't say it to our stepkids. Nope. And, you know, before the Nacho Kids private Facebook group came about, I had a secret group. And if I saw somebody in a Facebook group that said, I don't like my stepkids or something similar, and all these stepmoms would attack her. Yes. Even if you're in a stepmom group, other stepmoms are going to bash you because you don't love them like your own or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As a bio mom, you can say, I'm about to knock my kid's teeth down his throat. And that's fine. Yes, exactly. But if you say that your stepdaughter, little Susie, is getting on your nerves, then, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the thing is, at the end of the day, every, every whether you're a bio mom, a stepmom, everyone has the, we're only human. Our feelings are valid, you know, and it is doubly hard. And I see that. Mm-hmm. Because obviously I've experienced it for so long with my other stepchildren, but it's not, it's, it's sometimes it's the way it goes about, like the situation I'm in now, you resent that child, whereas I didn't with my other stepchildren. Mm-hmm. But it's because of the way these bio mums are, not just the mums, but sometimes some of these stepdads, they get of uh, bio dads, sorry, mm-hmm. they can be just as nasty as the bio mums. Right. I, I see it in my husband and I feel I can't say to him, actually, no, what you're doing is wrong. It's, that's not how it should be. Because I, you know, I'm not saying I'm Miss Perfect. Right. But I have those years of experience as a stepmom that I could see how different it, it the relationship is. I see my husband, I see he wants his little girl to himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to share her. He's loving the fact that bio mum isn't in the picture. Right. He likes that. He's loving this. He's lapping it up. Whereas I'm sat there saying to him, this isn't healthy. This isn't how it should be. We got married in September. We need time to us for our relationship. Mm-hmm. Where's us? Where's us two in this? Well, there isn't. He'll go, nope, she will always come before you. That's what he tells me. She will be first. Always come first. I had a conversation with a lady one time that said something similar, like your marriage should be first. Or And I was like, I can see both sides of it because I'm responsible for my son. He can't take care of himself. So he does come first. His needs come first. So if for some reason his dad couldn't keep him one weekend and David and I had plans, I would cancel my plans to take care of my kid. That's my job as a mom. Yeah. But it is important that your marriage is a priority. It's knowing that your child, you know that child's needs are met. So her needs are met in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. You know, she's loved. She's fed. She's got a roof over her head. Always got clean clothes. The basic care, personal care needs are met. She has her time with her dad. She has her time with me. But it's it's been very difficult because you will find it's always about her. Now I see it on a lot of the groups as well, how these these stepchildren are very demanding. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know, I can't remember when my children were growing up whether they were that demanding. But as I said, I had a child with autism and ADHD. But this is harder than having a child with autism and ADHD. Yeah, because it's I felt like I couldn't I couldn't 
give her consequences or put those boundaries in place. But obviously, as time's gone on, I have. Then I found that he, my husband was stepping back, but making me do all of that. Mm-hmm. So if she asked for, say, for example, a lollipop after tea, he'd go, go and ask Lisa. Now I've started going because of everything that's gone on, because of these groups and all the posts that have been screenshot, I'm actually now under investigation um, with social services, with my mental health team, with what we call CAFCAS. So they've put me under investigation at the moment. And then we have a court hearing in, in April to decide on what's best for the stepdaughter. This is the bio, this is the bio mum. What she's done is she's basically put all these screenshots to a solicitor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Then she's also said that I'm abusing prescription drugs. I'm an alcoholic. My mental health capacity means I cannot cope, look after myself, let alone a child. Mm-hmm. But if she was that concerned, why didn't she go somewhere last July? I mean, where what were we in July? eight months down the line nine months down the line right so if she was that concerned why is she not contacted she's not even attempted to speak to her daughter right she's not even checked on her no she's made no phone calls she texts at christmas tell her to have a nice christmas and that was it she, last july was her birthday no presents from her mum no christmas presents no nothing and then two months ago, she kept saying, you're stopping the contact. We weren't stopping the contact. She was just making it very difficult, not turning up or returning to her after 30 minutes. She's bored or making some excuse. And then two months ago, my husband opened up a big envelope and on there was, she's put an application in for custody. She wants custody back. Okay. So she comes to get your stepdaughter She's supposed to have her eight hours. After 30 minutes, she brings her back and was like, I, I can't do it. I can't deal with this. Yes. But she wants yeah. custody of her? Yes. Yep. Does your husband have a good lawyer? Yes. Good. But it's costing us a lot of money. Oh, yes, honey. We can talk all day long about the whole court system and the financial implications and stress. Yep. Yep. It is. It's very stressful. It's put a lot of stress on our marriage now. Because this, the last, obviously, it's all about, it's not about his daughter. It's not about him. It's about me. And I feel that if he had stepped up from the beginning and not expected me to do so much, then I wouldn't have been put in that position. Right. For her to say those things about me. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be so angry and resentful. And then when I tried to say to him, I'm really resenting this. I don't think I can do this. It's really difficult for me. I'm dealing with my own mental health. I'm also dealing with my dad and my brother. They've both got cancer. Oh, honey. And I'm dealing with that as well. And now she's taken that energy away from me to have to deal with that personal thing and made it about her because now I'm putting all my energy into trying to prove her wrong. Right. And that's not how it should be. You know, I I married I married him because I love him, not because I've got to go through the rest of my life trying to prove what type of parent I am. Mm-hmm. When, like I say, if he, if I put those boundaries in place, 
if he had stepped up from the beginning, then I wouldn't be put in this position. It seems kind of obvious that, and tell me if I'm wrong, that he expected to put you into the mother role with stepdaughter. Yes. Yes. Now, you mentioned a time where she didn't get her daughter and you needed to go to the hospital for your daughter. Yes. What ended up happening with that? I couldn't be with my daughter. I called my husband and I said, she's not coming for my stepdaughter. You need to come home from work because I need to be with my daughter. And he went, I cannot leave work. And I went, so I'm sat at home here looking after someone else's child while my daughter is fighting for her life in hospital. Now, if my child, my God forbid, my daughter can die from a seizure. Right. She has, she has a rare form of epilepsy. Any seizure can kill her. And I am literally, I'm so, it's just, I'm so resentful because of what they do to me. It's not just her, it's him as well. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's the positions that I'm put in. It's, it's, it's horrible, horrible fit, resentment's horrible. It's a horrible thing, awful thing. So you said that you have put boundaries in place now. I have, yep, yep. And how is that working? Um, it's much better. It's um, had to do it. What I did was from from him receiving the court papers, he's there telling me, suck it up, suck it up, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. No, 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 no. I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing because you need to be a father to your daughter. You need to be doing all the running around and everything else. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't listening to my needs, wasn't listening to what I needed. Still, you know, just expected me to carry on. This was because I was his what I saw as his free glorified babysitter. Mm -hmm. So I packed my bags and I left him. Did you? Yeah. So I packed my stuff and I left and I went to my father's to stay with my father. I didn't speak to him for about three or four days. And he's one of these that wouldn't contact me anyway. He would just ignore me. Mm -hmm. And eventually I came back home just to talk to him. I didn't stay or anything, just come back to the house to talk to him. And I told him, you know, how it was that if, like I said before, if he had done all this from the beginning and stepped up, then this wouldn't have happened. So I now make sure that the the daughter is up when he gets up. So he has to get up extra early and he's got extra responsibility. He has to take her to what you call breakfast club before she starts school. Mm -hmm. Then he has to take her, she has to go to an after school club. So he doesn't, he finishes work, then he collects her, then he's home. So I said, don't ever leave me alone with your child. So I can't be accused of anything. So when you had this conversation with him, you were at your dad's. Well, you came back yes. to talk to yes. him. Yeah. And basically you're like, look, I told you I couldn't do this. Something's got to change or I can't come back. Yes. Yes. That was exactly how it was. Yeah. Was he listening at that point to where he's like, I understand. Here are our options. No. No? No. He said that because I'd gone, he basically didn't have a choice. He had to do what he needed to do to carry on working. And even he had, in the, in the midst of this, he had actually changed his job. So he'd, he'd gone from a manager to just, you know, he quit that job. He went with another company as a contractor so that he could do flexible hours. But he's just such a, he's a, he's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. So I know he he does say to me, I'd rather be at home all day looking after my child. It's great. 
You don't have to do nothing. <laughs> Send her to school, sit at home all day, doing nothing. Bearing in mind, I'd actually quit my job to look after her anyway, because mm-hmm. he asked me to. And what he said to me was, if you quit your job, I will pay you your wage that you had to give up to look after my daughter. Mm-hmm. And he never did. So I've been two years in of doing this. He he doesn't financially support me. At, even though we're married, he doesn't financially support me at all. And he never, ever paid me a wage. And then he went, well, I'll give you, obviously, it's English money. I'll give you £50 a week for looking after my daughter. Mm-hmm. I said, you've just made me sound like some cheap slapper for offering to give me £50 a week. No, mm-hmm. I don't want it. I would rather not have nothing than be accused of all sorts at home trying to look after your daughter. Right. So because she's got behavior issues, she's bound to. She's got separation issues. She's got anxiety. She's not even six. <sighs> so she's she's got some massive issues, you know, and I've said to him, she needs to be in therapy. And he says, no, she doesn't. What you need to do is you need to love her more. Oh, my gosh. That's what he told me. He said, you need to just love her more. So, yeah, so it's been difficult, to say the least, when you're put in those positions. And I expect a lot of other stepmoms can relate. Yes. That you'll kind of like feel like you're forced into being this mum, forced into having to love this child. That, as I always say to people, even though my children are older, he can't give me an inch for my children but expects me to jump through hoops for his child. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it should be. No. Absolutely not. So uh, for, so for my own sanity, I had to step back and say, do you know what? Unless I head that way towards a breakdown again, this has to stop. Mm-hmm. This can't continue like this. So that's why I did what I had to do, which was to walk away unless he stepped up. And he did? Yes. Finally. Yeah. And even now he's realizing how hard it is that he has to devote what time he has to his daughter and that there's no, you don't get a break from it. There's no break from it at all. He's home. She's home. Weekends. He's home. She's home. There's no, no break at all. Because obviously, like I say, we've got no bio mum in the picture. Mm -hmm. And, And you are not left alone with stepdaughter. No, not at all. Good. Especially with all this stuff going on with, um, I forget what you called it. We call it DSS. Yeah. Do you, what do you call it? DSS? Yeah. Department of Social Services. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's the same as us. Yeah. Social Services. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we had we had a, what we call a safeguarding was raised on, obviously, the stepdaughter. So we've both been interviewed by what we call CAFCAS. Um, they're the ones that decide on whether the child be placed with mother or stay with us. Mm-hmm. We don't know the outcome of what they've said until we go to the judge in April. And then the judge will do what we call a video link with Kafkas, which is where Kafkas to say, well, this is what we found. This is what we've seen. This is how it is. And we'll find out in April. So it's a long time to have to wait to find the, the you know, find find a solution to anything really right but in the meantime what I've been doing is obviously doing a lot of research trying to find out stuff about the bio mum what's been going on in her life since she's not had any contact with her daughter 
printed off thousands and thousands of text messages which are abusive towards me and my husband, highlighted what's relevant. I think the last contact was my husband had messaged and I said to him, I said, still keep up with the court order, message her, join your daughter. But she, nope, I'm taking it back to court. We always get, I'm taking it back to court. Her last message was, obviously my husband had messaged her and said, do you want her? No. She said, what's the matter? Can't your wife cope? (laughs) That was her last message after she had not seen her for God knows how long. Oh, she's playing games. Yes, absolutely. So last, all this time, and then last November, my husband put an application in for child support. Mm -hmm. She only has to pay £7 a week, which is probably about $6, is it? Something like that. And she's not paid it. You are kidding me. No, she's not paid a penny. So in two and a half years that we've had her daughter, she's not given us a penny. I guess her prostituting business ain't going too well. No, no. No, definitely not. So she, obviously my husband messaged her and said, you're supposed to be paying this child support. So she said, I'm not paying it. I'm in too much debt and it's not my priority. But she's found money somewhere to pay for a lawyer. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Because over here, family services isn't free. She would have not got that free. Right. Unless she can prove that there was domestic violence but after so many months, I think it's 12 months, she can't prove it. Mm-hmm. So she definitely wouldn't have got that for nothing. She would have had to pay for that. So she's found the money from somewhere. But she can't pay £7 a week child support. That's not even enough to take the stepdaughter to McDonald's. Nope. It doesn't even cover the clubs that obviously my husband's having to pay for mm-hmm. a day. No, not at all. And when she was seeing her child... We would have to provide everything for her. So we would have to provide the sun cream, you know, the spare clothes, mm-hmm. the food. We had to provide the food. We had to provide the public transport costs. Everything. So we had to provide, yes, everything, everything. And she's never, so how she thinks she's going to get custody and support this child, I don't know. Well, she probably thinks that she'll get child support from your husband. Yeah, he was paying ridiculous amounts. Yeah, and that's what she's thinking. Yeah, very good paid job. Yeah. The other child, she only sees for two hours a fortnight and pays nothing for that one either. And those poor grandparents are raising that kid. Yes. They've got guardianship of that child, Mm. but she still has parental responsibility on both of them. So she still has parental responsibility on your stepdaughter. Yes. And what all does that entail? The parental responsibility. So it's say, for example... There's an emergency. She needs to go to the hospital. She needs an operation. The the bio mum can sign it because she's got parental responsibility. Okay. She's got to say in her schools, any activities, any of that, any of that, any sort of like legal stuff like that. Okay. She's got to say in it all still. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. If all this stuff would have happened or would not have happened, with her getting screenshots from Facebook groups on you and things like that, and she would have tried to get custody back of her daughter, would you be so apt to help your husband like you are with the text messages and things like that? Or do you feel like you're doing that more because you feel like you have to defend yourself? Yeah, I'm doing it because I need to defend myself. I will fight my corner and I feel I'm doing that alone and I and I say to people, I have to fight my corner. Mm-hmm. I have to do it 
there's 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 lots of instances my hub, hubby would say, I've got your back. He hasn't got my back. It doesn't sound like it. No, no. If I'd known that it was going to be like this, I would have never got into a relationship with someone with a child. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that this is what was going to happen, that he would end up with custody. I feel sometimes this is this was his plan. He got me where he wanted. Then he's got me as a free glorified babysitter. Right. Now, your own children, obviously, you never judge. Like you say, you can do whatever. You can say, you've, you know, they're getting on your nerves, you've had enough. But if mm-hmm. stepmom does it, she's the worst person in the world. I was never judged, never, on bringing up my four children. I did my, I brought my children up as best as I could. My, ch- my children are very respectful towards me and towards my husband. Mm-hmm. All, wor- all work, all got a good job. The children that one of my sons has, he pays for them. Right. They're provided for. And it's like, he just expects me to do this with no gratitude, no thank you, no nothing. Yeah, it's expectations, which I always say expectations negate appreciation. Yes. No, if it was if it was me asking him to step up to my children, would he do it? No. Would he provide for them? Would he would he take a day off work to be with them because one of them's sick? I don't think so, just from what the little bit you've told me. No. So why should he expect it from me? Just because I'm a female, you know, why should he expect it from me? So have y'all talked about what will happen if he does continue to have custody of stepdaughter? When all this social service stuff goes away, say he gets custody, things stay the same. Is he going to go back to the old way of expecting you? Yes, that's what he reckons. Really? Yes, he reckons that once this is over, I'm going to go back to taking care of his child, getting up, dealing with her, taking her to school in the mornings, picking her up from school and having her till he comes home from work. We've got school holidays approaching in the end of the month, end of March. They're off for three weeks through the Easter period. And I've not even asked him what he's going to do for those three weeks. Because mm-hmm. he can't take three weeks off work. Right. And if he does take any time off work, he will throw it in my face that he's losing pay. Right. And he says, I should be grateful that he's managing to work and I have a roof over my head and food in my belly. That's what he says. You know, Lisa, I don't even really know what to say because that bothers me greatly. Yeah. Is there any way that you can go back to work so you can have money and help take care of yourself and yeah that's what I'm looking at doing at the moment I'm in quite a bit of therapy with my what we call my mental health team mm-hmm. so I'm working quite well with, with within my within my therapies meeting all all my expectations of where I should be to come off my medication I do take um, quite a bit of medication mm-hmm. because obviously from my breakdown I had what you call psychosis so I take take that I'm working with I have a one-to-one a support worker who will help me get into going returning back into work I have two degrees two university degrees that's awesome and I'm stuck at home here yeah doing nothing obviously with with all of this playing on my mind so I know the minute this court hearing's over he will I haven't thought of the implications if he loses custody I don't think he will. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the bio mom has a stable home even to take the child to. No, she doesn't. 
no, but I don't want him to think that everything can go back to the way it was. Right. When they both put him and her, have both put me in this position to start off with. So it's never going to go back. It, I say to my, I said to my friends, it changes the whole dynamic of how it should how it should be mm-hmm. really, and this is how it should have been from the beginning. So you know, I will I will return back. To, I will go back to work. I do. I have told him that I'm I'm looking at going back to work. I'm actually a self employed professional photographer. That's awesome. So you know, I will look at sort of like seeing if I could go back because of, but at the moment it's difficult because we're we're all still in lockdown here, mm-hmm. and our lockdowns due not due to be lifted till um, I think it's something like April the twenty first, where we've still got all all our shop major shops shut. You know, we've only got supermarkets that are open, right? So it's difficult. It's been you know pretty difficult. There's not a lot we can do. Well, we're, we're stuck in this lockdown. But if I do go back to work, you know, I know I worry. But he will be like, well, actually, no, you can carry out, you can pay all the bills and the mortgage and, you know, and he's in a very good paid job, very good paid job that he's been in for 37 years. So it doesn't matter either way, I'm, I'm the bad person in all of, or I see myself as the bad person in all of this, you know. What does your therapist say about your relationship with your husband and how the interaction between the two of you happens? We sat, he sat um, with us last week and he, we basically, he, he must have been sat with him and he said, could you sit here and talk to him the way you're talking to each other now? And I said, no, absolutely no way. Because it ends up going into an argument. Mm-hmm. I end up resentful. Then we end up shouting at each other. And then you end up bringing up all sorts of stuff rather than solely trying to solve what's going on in front of you it ends up being something else that's happening something else that's happened and then something else you know mm-hmm. because it's difficult I'm not one to open up and say about how I feel anyway that's partly probably due to my BPD but he will make me feel guilty if I say to him this is what I'm looking at doing I need, I, I want to go back to it. or for example a couple months ago I applied for a job mm-hmm. and that job was working with our in our COVID-19 centre so it's with the track and trace system um I've got experience in in that job and I applied for it so they called me and said can you start can you start this job so I was like yes yeah that's fine what's it doing so they told me my shifts would be one week 8 a.m to 8 p.m then the following week it'd be 8 p.m to 8 a.m so working overnight mm-hmm. so he I come home I was so excited I told him and he went well you can go and unapply for that job so I said, sorry. He said, you can go and, and I said, what for? He said, you know what for? You need to be at home with my child. That's what he told me. So we got into a massive argument and he turned around and said, I tell you what, you can take the job, but I want you to do the night shifts only. So I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what I need you to do is get up, finish at 8am, come home, take my child to school. Then you can go to bed. Then at half past three, you can pick her up from school until I get home then you can go to work at 8 p.m. So in other words, he wanted me to go to work and look after his child, but he felt he can't, he feels he can't do both. So that was that. So I didn't take the job because it was made very difficult. So I resent him for that. I resent him, very resentful about that. Well, yeah, it's very rare that I'm speechless. And you know from listening to the podcast or reading my blogs or my Facebook group, whatever, that 
I'm all for saving marriages and relationships. Mm-hmm. But honey, I really do feel in my heart that you and him need to go to counseling or this is not going to work. We've been in counseling. We've been in therapy, couples therapy. For how long? We were going for, um, that's another thing that I've got to deal with. He cheated on me seven weeks after we got married. Oh my gosh. So I said to him, it's either I leave or we go to couples therapy. So we went to couples therapy. I was paying for it, courtesy of me, out of my own pocket. And I think we had about 12 sessions. And when he came out, he said, do you think this is going well? And I went, well, yeah, because we can sit here and it's all about knowing how to communicate with each other, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he turned around and went, well, I don't. I'm just going along for the ride. That's what he told me. He was just going along for the ride. So I was like, do you know what? I'm not even going to bother wasting my money anymore on this therapy. My my father doesn't agree with me coming back here. And I've said to him, I need to, I'm, at the moment I'm here because I want to fight my corner with, with the bio mum. I'm doing it alone. Okay. But let me ask you this, okay? Mm-hmm. You're fighting your corner. You're trying to prove that the allegations against you are not accurate. Yes. Right? Okay. What does that matter? Other than, now I get not wanting your integrity attacked. I understand that because integrity is a big thing. Yeah. But you fighting can result in him keeping custody of his daughter, which he's trying to make you play mom for and that you don't want to play mom for. Yeah. So I get that. You know, part of me, and again, I'm hell-bent on to make blended marriages work. That's my goal. That's my mission. Yeah. But something's got to give with him because he is not treating you properly. No. And it doesn't sound like he wants to or even cares to realize that he's not. No. And you think at my age, after the first marriage, I would know better than to be here and going, because uh, sometimes I'm here and I'm going, what am I doing? What What am I doing here? What? Why am I here? You know, you. I'm constantly doubting myself, questioning myself. Honey, I'm questioning it. <laughs> <laughs> and really, it bothers me to say that because... I think it's my instability in myself at the moment. I agree. Which is making it more, more difficult because of everything that's being thrown at me, everything that's going on. You know, like I say, with, 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 with my father, with my brother, you know, there's, there's so much going on that it's like... Uh, I can't concentrate on too many things. I need to be concentrating on one thing at a time. So like I said, she took that, it's taken that energy away from my dad and my brother that I'm here just focusing on, do you know what? I'm going to damn well make sure that I'm right and I will fight till I'm right. Well, I want you to think about something. You using that energy, like you said, it takes away things from your dad and your brother. Yeah. If something happens to them, God forbid, is it going to be worth trying to prove you were right with her and not continuing to be there for them or have closer relationships with them? Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I wonder if this just isn't something for you to focus on because of what your dad and your brother are going through is traumatic. Yeah. And so you focusing on the court stuff is traumatic too, but in a completely different way. Yeah. By you focusing on the court stuff, you don't really have to think about what's going on with your dad and your brother so much. 
Possibly. And you're used to the way that your husband treats you, so it's not new. Yeah. No, it's not. Does he ever make you feel appreciated? To begin with, he used to. He used to be, he used to buy me little cards. You know, you're amazing. You know, thinking of you, you're doing really well. No. No, he doesn't. Not anymore. I feel I've served, I've served my purpose to him because I've refused to look after his child. So I feel he feels he doesn't have to do anything for me as his wife anymore. Right. Because I'm not here looking after his child, which is what he wants. And it's not like you're saying, I won't help you with your kid. Yeah. You're just saying, don't dump all this on me because it's overwhelming and I can't handle it. I need your help. Yeah. And he's saying, suck it up, buttercup. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Constant, suck it up. Don't worry, tomorrow's a better day, you know, and it's like, it's it's difficult because it's like, we're, we are newly married. We are supposed to have time to ourselves and we're not getting that and we don't get that time. And you're not going to? No. Mm-mm. He claims his focus is with me and his daughter. We're the only two people that matter. Um, I don't see it like that at all. He views this as you should want to play mommy to her. But I don't want to. She's, right. I'm not her mum. She calls me mum. Mm-hmm. But she has a mum, and that mum needs to be with her child. I can't fathom why a mum's not interested in her child. Right. And even if mum has nothing to do with her and never sees her, that doesn't make you her mom. No, it doesn't. No, and it's not It's not fair on me. It's not fair on her. No, it's not. Um, a minute ago when you were talking about proving that you were right with all this stuff with by a mom, it reminded me of a post we see frequently in Facebook on the Facebook site or whatever, that is, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Yeah. And and I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy with your husband and your stepdaughter. Yes. But something's got to give. Yes. It's, um, it's a one-way street at the moment. Right. You have that image in your mind that you've got this, I don't know, this perfect relationship, white picket fence house. Everything's mm-hmm. perfect. And I'm one of these that I'll go out and I'm, I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm a proper people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So I do anything to please people. But the minute I need that support or, hey, I'm here, but I can't do this. This, this, is, this is not what I need. This is not what I need right now, not what I want. I feel like I've been sort of like tossed aside as if to say, oh, well, you don't want to play mum to my child. So I'll just come home from work. I, I cook tea, tea's on the table. There's always a meal on the table when he gets in the door. And then it's all about him and her till she goes to bed, which is quite late at night. Mm-hmm. And then we sit down with him and he says, you know, you're right, switch our, switch our phones off. Let's sit and talk. We'll, we'll do this. We could do this. The amount of times I've written down how I felt and wrote to him and told him how I felt. And then you, the next night he's there on his phone, ignoring me. And then... You know, by 10 p.m., it's I'm going to bed. I've got to be up for past five for work. So I'm going to bed. So that's it. That's your day done again. Mm-hmm. So that's how it, that's how, that's how it rolls. The set is the same. He goes to work. I'm at, he's, he's gone by the time I wake with, with his daughter. So he's gone by quarter to seven every morning. And then he doesn't get home till quarter to five. Now, he's, he's gotten to where he's taken her to school, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Good. So he takes her to school and then he picks her up from the club afterwards, school club afterwards. You know, and he's moaning because he's got to pay for that. He's got to pay for that club. 
Yeah, and you're costing him money because you could do this. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. So it's he's he's kind of like you know what I really don't care as long as the needs of my child's met. This is how I think he sees it. The needs of her are met. I really don't care. I don't. I do. Some sometimes I, you know, I do sort of like sit there and think to myself, shall I ask him why am I here? What do you want from me? What do you want from this marriage? Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say that if it doesn't work, I walk away. Right. If that's what it needs be, then that's what will happen. I will walk. Something stops you from asking that, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And you have to bear in mind as well, I'm actually his fourth marriage. Surprise. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so for, for fourth marriage, it's, um, I do wonder. I do wonder. Well, let me ask you this. Can you tell me three things that you love about him? Can I tell you three things that I love about him? Not physical attributes, like not that he's tall or not that he has blue eyes. Things about him as a person, three things that you love about him. Okay. Um, he is, when he's, when he's amazing, he's absolutely amazing with me. How often is that? It depends. Sometimes it can be every day and other times it's, then I'm ignored. Okay. Um, he, he does, he, he, when he's, like I say, when he's so good, he makes me smile and laugh when, when it's, when it's us two, like I say, which isn't that often when things are going really, really good. Um, and another one is, I'm, it's not really about him. It's about with me, financial stability is how I see it at the moment. Right. The fact that because I'm not working and I'm basically living through my divorce money from my last marriage, which is running out, you know, and then I'm like, where am I going to go now? What am I going to do? Do you feel powerless? Yes, 100%. The feeling of being stuck and not feeling like you have any power. Yeah. It's debilitating. Yeah. You kind of like, you lose yourself. Yes. You lose, you lose sight of who you are, why you, where where were we at the beginning of this relationship when we first came in together? And it's like, I look at it and I think to myself, so if there wasn't my stepdaughter involved, would we still be together? What, what would our marriage be like? Well, you know, it would probably be good. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have those issues, but... The reality of it is you do have her. And even if she ends up, say bio mom ends up with custody of her, you're still going to have her every other weekend or whatever. They're not going to take complete custody and visitation away from him. No, she's asked for 50-50, but she doesn't want me to have any involvement with her whatsoever. That's what bio mom's asked for. Here's that crazy crap of where it's, oh, well, you can have your kid 50-50, but your wife has to live somewhere else when you have your daughter. Yes, that's exactly what they want. And that's not going to work. No, 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 not at all. But I feel like there's four people in this marriage. There's me, there's him, there's his daughter, and there's his ex-wife. Right, and that's part of the problem. There's four people in this marriage. Mm-hmm. He, in some ways, I know I, I, I proposed to him, but he didn't marry me. He married his daughter. That's what I feel. He'll jump through hoops. He, it's my birthday on Sunday and it's Mother's Day here as well. Happy early birthday and happy early Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And he asked me what I wanted. So I told him because I've taken up running, I'd like a treadmill. Mm-hmm. He grumbled because this, the, I'd seen a treadmill and it was about 300 pounds. 
Mm-hmm. But he literally went out four days later and spent £550, which was a lot more money, on a telescope. So I said to him, why did you spend £550 on a telescope? But you grumbled about spending £295 on a treadmill for me. Well, it's for stepdaughter and it's educational. So I said, but my health isn't because I need to be exercising for my own mental health, whatever. And he couldn't answer that, but he spent double the amount of money on a telescope because he wants something educational for her, but he didn't want to go and spend the money on a treadmill for me. It's so expensive. He, he got it yesterday and he can't even set it up. And he thinks that because I'm a photographer, I know to set this telescope up. And I said to him, I went, oh my goodness. I said, you've got it on the table that she's nearly smashed it about three times, knocking it over. So she's got no idea on what it is or what it does. She, she's not interested. She's not interested. All she's interested in is Barbies. Right. And Lego. She's not interested in this this telescope. Does he have an interest in astrology or something? No, 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 no whatsoever. And then he turned around and said to my sister, I bought it for Lisa. Well, he didn't. He didn't buy it for me. You can't see much anyway, because <laughs> it's not that often we get a clear day yeah. or a clear evening the stars that you can see much. But no, no, I don't know why. I really don't know why he bought it. But he kept saying, oh, I bought it for her because it's educational. So do you think you're going to get the treadmill or no? I doubt it. I'll be shocked if I do. Well, I hope you do. He tells me just to go out running. Tells me just to go around the block if I want to run. <laughs> Which is a bit different running around a block in concrete than it is on a treadmill. Well, that and plus, how are you expected to watch his kid and run around the block at the same time? Yeah, well, yeah. that's exactly it. Exactly it. You know, Lisa, I've been sitting here thinking about all this and I really think it would be beneficial for you and your husband to either go to the therapist you went to before or a marriage counselor, or even if you just decide not to see a professional, but sit down and talk to him about if you, if this happens with court, you know, write down the different scenarios, things stay the same, things are 50-50, whatever, and make sure that he understands that you are still going to have these same boundaries. Yes. Because my concern is once this court stuff's over, your life is going to turn into hell again. Yeah. I'm very fearful. I'm very careful, especially with Facebook. Literally, do you know what I mean? I shut everything off on my Facebook. You know, I'm afraid to post. I'm afraid to do a lot of things now. You have to really think about what you're posting, what you're saying, anything. Right. Anything can be used against you. Yes. It doesn't matter what it is. Everything and anything will be used. Yeah. But I do feel like that it would be beneficial for you and him both. Yeah. To sit down and have a clear understanding of what his expectations are. Yeah. Yeah. For you as a stepmom and as a wife. Yes. And for you to address those expectations because we know that those are different. Yeah. And if it doesn't stress you out, to take the little girl to school, then yeah, you can help him do that. But mm. again, it's something that needs to be appreciated, not expected. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know, it sounds like y'all do better talking in front of a therapist or a counselor or something so things don't get so heated. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's not cheap, but no. I really do feel like that this is something that you need to do for yourself because 
I want to ask you this. If, if he told you, Lisa, when this court stuff's over, we're going to go back. You're going to take little Susie to school. You're going to pick her up. You're going to do everything for her. You're going to be her mom. How would you feel? Absolutely no way. Would that be a deal breaker for you for your marriage? Yeah. Then you need to address it now because right now you're just teetering on the seesaw. Yes. Yeah, there's no way. I, I can't go back to that. There's Because if not, it's just going to be years and years and years of, of him just expecting more and more and more and more. Right. And all I know is it's because he can't, how do I put it? It's because he doesn't know how to parent. Right. He doesn't know how to parent. He's in his 50s. He's an older dad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's, the mum's only in her 20s. She's younger than my kids, early 20s. Yeah. And she doesn't know how to parent and neither does he. You know, it's like I said before, no one's perfect, but they haven't got a clue. And I always say to him, you, you the one that lied down with her and created this child. You were the one that wanted this baby so badly. You were the one that were going to go and have IVF because you wanted a child so badly because you thought a baby makes everything okay in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. A baby does not. It it's, puts a strain on everybody. Right. This is what he wanted, perfection, thinking that he could change her. Because he took her out the gutter, apparently, when they met. So I'm presuming she was prostituting when they met. I don't know. Right. He Sometimes he says one thing, sometimes he says another, you know. He may not even know. No, no, you know. And, and literally, they met, married, and had a child within nine months of meeting. Holy moly. Yeah. So I said, "What? Well, I don't know what you thought you were going to achieve out of marrying her and, and having a child with her. Well, you know, you think it changes a person, but it doesn't. No. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't make everything okay. It doesn't, having a baby does not make your marriage solid. No, (laughs) no. You know. It's really sad that all this stuff happened with the Facebook stuff. And I don't want to dismiss that and act like it's not a big thing because that's what has... I mean, you were already having a hard time yes. with the whole, he expected you to play mom. Yes. But then this stuff happened. But the good thing about this happening, Lisa, if we can find a silver lining in this, is it's made him or you where you can't be alone with the stepdaughter by yourself yes. out of out of fear, out of legal fear. Yeah. So he's had to step up a little bit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it was the only way that he was going to be able to see that there was a problem. Right. So, and maybe if she hadn't done it, I would probably still carry on doing what I was doing before, which was doing everything. But like I said before, it's, like you said, because of legal fear as well. I've got to, I've got to think of, cover my back, Mm -hmm. you know, and safeguard myself from all of this as well. And I had to make him see that actually it's not all about your daughter. It's about me as well. And I met her as well. In, in this right and then he was I think there's a couple of times we've got into arguments where he's gone well this is your fault because you've posted stuff on Facebook right so he's actually blamed me for it if you hadn't have posted stuff on Facebook then this wouldn't have happened you know so I get that chucked in my face right and it's like really <laughs> well he's gonna have to want this marriage to work yeah, and want it to be a healthy marriage yeah, because I know you want it to work or you would have left already. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe talk to him and I mean, I know there's a lot going on right now, but yeah, 
I really think that it would be beneficial for y'all to go back and try counseling again. And if you feel like he's going just because to appease you, Mm. then there's part of your answer. Yes. Yeah. And I think you're right. We need to, like you say, we need to think of these scenarios and what's going to happen if he did lose custody. What's going to happen if if things going to stay the same? What's it? What's his expectations? Yes, and I think you're right. I need to write that down and I need to sit there and I need to tell him that this it's not going to go back to how it was just because you've won the you know stayed with your daughter living with us. Right. So I need to because we do have all these school holidays. The summer period, there's six weeks they have off school. What's going to happen in those six weeks? Right. And there's nothing saying that you can't help him during that time. No. But there is something saying that it's his kid. He needs to talk to you and say, hey, summer or spring break's getting ready to come up. They're not going to have school for such and such time. I don't really know what to do with stepdaughter. Can you help me and watch her those days? Yes. Yeah. It makes a world of difference when somebody asks for your help versus expect it. Yes, that's it. I, th- I think the when I first said to him, I think it was the first day I come back here, I um I said to him, you know, do do not leave me alone with your with your with stepdaughter. Do not do that. And he actually got up. I woke up. She was downstairs watching TV, and he was gone. He his car was gone. So when you'd gone out. And I said to him, where did you go? And he'd gone a couple of different places. And I said, but I told you not to leave me with her. Well, it was only a few hours. I said, but you didn't ask. You just went. Right. And expected. You just spec, like I told you before. It's what he expects from me. He does not expect from the birth mum. Right. He can't message her and go, actually, damn, no, you are a mother. You are supposed to have your child on that day. You can't just ring up and tell me because you're too tired. You don't want to be a mum. Mm-hmm. you're going to come around you and you're going to get your daughter and instead he just goes okay to her and then it's oh by the way you're having her because mum don't want her so it's like hang on a minute have I not got a say in any of this right so that that's how that's how it is and unfortunately because he's because I've put up with it for so long that I just like I say it changed the whole dynamic there's no way I can go back to him just because I know if I even if I turned around and went actually do you know what I'll have her next week for you He'll just think, oh, that's all right, great. She was going to have her all the time now. And then it goes back. You're back to square one again. Right. Now, let me ask you this. When we all get into these relationships, we want to help. We want to help our significant other. We want to help little Susie. Yeah. So do you think when y'all started getting in this relationship, if he would have said, I want you to be mom to my daughter, I want you to do everything that a mother would do, and that includes getting her up, taking her to school, picking her up from school, the whole nine yards. Do you think at the beginning your response would have been, okay? Or do you think in the beginning you would have been like, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. And the reason I'm asking that is because I know many moms in the beginning will be like, oh yeah, I got this, babe. Don't worry. Yes. And then they get burnt out and they get stressed and they feel alone and unappreciated and used and abused. And yeah. It's like you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> no, that's it. You you don't, re- you know, unless, I don't know, unless you've been a parent like I have to older children, you know the sheer hard work that there is in making sure that your children are presentable for school and they brush their teeth and they're eating their greens and 
Mm-hmm. And all of that, there's not just the, the, the basics, which is what my husband sees as carrying his daughter to bed, sitting there for half an hour, reading her a story. That's it. My daddy duties are done. You know, there's everything else that comes with it, being a parent. And it's not easy. It's really not easy. No. And because at the beginning, I was like, I'll do what I can. I'll support you in any way I can. Um, But I was working and it was like, this is really difficult. You know, he's going, this is really hard. I'm having to work and you're at work and we're having to pay childcare. So it's costing me so much money. So if I pay you your wage, how do you fancy staying at home? So I thought about it and I went, yeah, okay then. You know, so I quit my job. Mm-hmm. I quit my job and I, paid, and I said to him, well, why, why did a wage never materialise? You, you don't financially support me. I'm financially supporting myself on my divorce money. So why do, didn't you financially? Well, because all my job changed because I changed my shifts in work. Well, no, that's not how it was. You know, it, it was a good year before you changed your shift. Mm-hmm. And you changed it, but you don't sit there making me look guilty because it's you that should be the guilty one because it's not my child. So don't put all the blame on me like I'm the mother and that I'm refusing to do any of this Mm -hmm. because, no, it should be between you and the mum, the bio mum. It should be you two co-parenting, not you having a go at me because I don't want to look after your daughter. Right. You know, and it's, oh, you hate her then. You don't love her enough. I know. You can't do this for her. You can't do that for her, you know. So I get all that as well. So it's it's like any other step, mum, isn't it? You just sometimes feel like you're going around in circles. Mm-hmm. You're either doing too much or you're not doing enough. Right. <laughs> and then if you were doing everything for her to the extent of put her on restriction and all that, then then it's you're overstepping. Yes, you can only help in the areas he designates you to help in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's also, he doesn't know how to discipline. So with me, with four children, I had to be, you were strict. Mm-hmm. So for example, actually, you're not having sweets. You can have sweets once a week. That's your treat. So that's a treat to me. Mm-hmm. After tea, you can have a yogurt or you can have a piece of fruit, but you're not eating loads of sweets. Mm-hmm. And my hubby is a massive sweet eater. Mm-hmm. So there's always stacks and stacks and stacks of it in the cupboard. It's really unhealthy. And he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll say to him, no, she had a yogurt. She's having a yogurt. Okay. And then I'll go upstairs and I'll come back down and she's eating a Cadbury's cream egg or a lollipop. Mm-hmm. So why she got that? Well, because she sat there looking and I said she could. Oh, it won't do any harm. And I goes, but it does. It does because you're feeding her pure juice. Mm-hmm. You're giving her pure juice, the sugar in it. And then this morning I said to him, she didn't brush her teeth. Yeah, she did. I said, no, she didn't because her toothpaste is still on the toothbrush. Oh, well, she lied to me then. So it's like, like it makes out like I'm nitpicking, but I'm not. I'm doing what's best for her because I know he's got no rules, no nothing. She could do what she wants. He'll go to her, do this, do this, do And he'll tell her 10 times. And she still hasn't done it. And I say to her, with her, you need to tell her once and once only. And if she's not done it, then there's a consequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not 10 times. And then it's, oh, well, never mind. It's forgotten with now. So he leaves all the discipline, everything, the consequences, everything up to me. And I don't want to be seen like this bad parent mm-hmm. that's always having to tell her off. And then, too, if you tell her, no, she can't have something sweet, he turns around and gives it to her anyway. Yes, 
it sounds like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like he's okay with you being full-fledged mom. Yes. He's okay with you taking her toys away and making her sit in time out for 20 minutes. Yes. He'd rather I did it. So he doesn't have to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Lisa, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Yeah. Um, One quick question before we wrap up. Did you ever find out who was giving the bio mom your screenshots from Facebook? No. No. Social services said it was done anonymously, so they weren't even allowed to tell me. Yeah. I don't think they're allowed to tell you anyway, though. No. No. Yeah. No. All we know is that they were printed off and they were sent to, like I say, sent to social services. Oh, so they sent them direct to social services, not even to bio mom. No. Ho, ho. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, there's about, it's, it's obviously I'm in some other support groups as well. Mm-hmm. And there was about four pages. Wow. Of all my posts. Yeah. So it's obviously been over a period of time and they'd waited for obviously enough and then boom, just done it, sent it in. Right. And I really hate that because you do need support. Yeah. But like I said, now a lot of the groups have the anonymous post feature. Yes. So utilize that. Yeah. So you aren't completely alone in all this because you're going through a lot. Yes. Well, thank you again, Lisa, for being a guest. We really appreciate it. No problem. Well, keep in touch and let me know how things go with Cork. Okay, will do. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Boy, that was a doozy. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Wow. I really do hope that her husband decides to go to counseling again. Mm-hmm. Because him expecting her to be a mother to his kid, it's just not working out. Something's got to give. But I could see why he would want that. I'm not saying it's right. I know it brings a lot of stress on her and all that. But when you got a bio mom like he's got, (laughs) you want somebody else. It's like, can we not just get reset (laughs) and start over? All right, y'all, I'm done. I'm already done. (laughs) That's the end. (laughs) Join us next week when (laughs) there ain't no telling what's going to happen. And um, check out what David said earlier. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.